episode 37, a special edition, draft night. What's up, Vort? We got our guys. Talk to me. What's going on? I'll jump right into it, but I will say this now officially kicks off my 2021 season for the Jets. Now there's a lot to talk about, a lot to, a lot to be excited about. This is already turning out to be a fun night. I can't wait to get your thoughts on the draft. But two things I want to throw at you, and I'm dying to hear your feedback and see if you agree with me. Two things that, I t- that I've taken away so far from uh, the first round and what the Jets have done. We got our franchise quarterback. That was no big surprise. We knew it was going to be a quarterback. We pretty much, it was a done deal. There was going to be Zach Wilson. Maybe there was going to be a little bit of a surprise. Didn't work out that way. We have our guy. A lot of quarterbacks went early. We'll see. Only time will tell if we got the guy. But I'm excited. I'm happy. But the big thing that I took away from this trade, for the first time in God knows how many years, the Jets draft, the plan that's unfolding in front of our in front of our eyes, it's making sense. First, you draft the quarterback, then you protect that quarterback. After you protect that quarterback, you either get uh, draft weapons, or in the case of the Jets, we already have some weapons around them. You focus on the defense. So our new GM followed that plan. So I'm glad there was no surprises. I'm glad there was no deviation. He didn't fall in love with a cornerback who slipped up or a running back or a tight end, whatever that may be quarterback offensive line you and me were talking about it for a while it was obvious that that's kind of a basic obvious plan and i'm glad that the jets stuck to the obvious We've, there's been too many curveballs too many surprises too much stupidity in the past so that's number one i'm glad that the offensive lineman uh, uh was picked up with the second pick in the first round the second thing that i was as i was watching the draft and the jets traded up to pick their lineman it just brought a smile to my face all those people who kind of mock the jets for collecting all the draft capital saying oh who are you going to draft in the third fourth fifth sixth round whatever that may be this is why you collect all the draft capital clearly they they were worried that this guy who they obviously loved there was concern that he might not end up in the position where the Jets were drafting. So you use that draft capital and you move up and you get your guy. So that was just seeing the brilliance unfold of your eyes. You got the guy that you wanted to protect the quarterback and you used all those abundance of picks you had. It allows you to trade some of it away and get the guy that you were hoping to get. The funny thing is, is is when the Jets made that trade, I was in the, I was in a, lift on the way home right and i see that you know and the guys on the on the broadcast were like oh the jets jump just traded they jumped in front of the patriots i'm like they have to be getting vera tucker have to be there's no other reason to trade up there and you look at the cardinals drafting immediately after the patriots and a lot of mocks and i know mocks are mocks but a lot of the people who do this stuff had him going to the cardinals so if you're the jets you're like okay we're gonna see how the board falls and if this guy is here or here or here, we're going to go after him. So now he makes it to 14, and who's there? The Patriots are behind the Vikings. You know they're not going to trade with the Patriots, so that means they have to jump in front of the Patriots because their guy would be gone when it got to the Cardinals, and that's exactly what they did. So the the like we've talked about this over and over again, your initial um, emotional reaction, we're like, oh, my God, why would you give up these picks to move there? He might have been there. But then you, you give it a minute and look at what they actually did, and, and what I just explained is exactly why they moved up to 14 and they got their guy. This guy was the best guard in the draft. The Jets do not need a tackle. 
they have a tackle now they have a guard and they now have hopefully hopefully solidified the left side of the line for the next you know 10 to 12 years as far as what they gave up they didn't even give up that much they swapped first round picks which you, you figure they're going to do they swap third round picks which um i'm sorry they swapped the third round pick for a fourth round pick so they didn't even really lose a pick there they just jumped back a little and then gave up an additional third round pick so they basically moved up nine spots to get a, a you know a top rated lineman and really only gave up a few draft spots and a third round pick which to me is that's a no-brainer now 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 you have a quarterback and you have two two monsters to protect them on the left side that's that's a that's a score and anybody who's not happy with that is just not paying attention i mean i can't believe we're discussing the jets it makes sense and i'm not used to jets drafts making sense so to me this is this is exciting this is exactly what i wanted to see whether you wanted Zach Wilson or you wanted Justin Fields or you wanted Mac Jones, that's up for debate and time will tell. Obviously, all the inclinations were there, all the hints were there that the Jets were going to go with Zach Wilson. But the fact that we we have the line now, we're drafting the line to protect them. We have a young receiver from last year. We signed the young receiver. It's just, the picture is making sense. I love where this is going. It's all going to come down to coaching, staying healthy, player development. But as far as the plan that Douglas has, it's making sense. And it's I'm a fan. I That's all I can say. It's uh, Obviously, the performance on the field is going to be the deciding factor. But as far as what's going on in putting together the product that's going to take the field, I am a fan across the board of what's been done so far over the last uh, this draft and I guess this offseason. And uh, Douglas is... Uh, we were fans of his when he came over. Now that he finally got rid of the quarterback he kind of got inherited. Uh, he kind of was forced on him. He now has his guy, his vision, his plan. It's clear as day, and I fucking love it. <laughs> I am going to give us a little bit of a pat on the back because we may not have a huge audience. We certainly aren't all flashy and crazy and doing all the things that drag a big audience. But you and me have, have sat back and and watched Joe Douglas do these little things and, and, and pointed out all these little things that point out, I'm just repeating the same words, pointed out all these little things that point out his plan, what direction he's going to go. And most times when you, when you try and map what you know should happen and the guy doesn't do what you want, you're like, all right, either I'm wrong or they're wrong, or this is frustrating. He has, he has basically hit every signpost along our plan. You know, we're like, okay, you got to build from the line out. Here's who you got to draft. This is what you have to do. They're going to get rid of Donald. They're going to, and, and he has basically validated everything that you and me said we needed to see from him. And he's for me. For me, I I have I have now I now fully trust the guy. And if and if he starts doing stupid things, I'm going to be completely disappointed because he seems to have proven to me, at least to me. I don't know about anybody else, but to me, he has proven that he actually knows how to build a football team. He has proven to be, you know, very astute. And um, what's the word? Shrewd. Shrewd is a good word. You know, yep. I mean, he's 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 very shrewd at how he how he does this and accumulating draft picks and then not being afraid to use them to get back up. And we talked about this last in the last show is, you know, there's probably almost no chance the Jets are going to draft 10 players and take them all to camp. So he's going to make a trade somewhere. And I mean, he did it. I didn't necessarily expect them to move up 
in that spot. But that's, you know, that's why I am not a GM, but we both talked about how we were certain at some point he was going to make a trade and the Jets would not end up with 10 new players. So uh, I love the guy. I love the direction they're going. This is a slow, methodical thing. We've also talked about how this is not a one-year fix, so we're not going to see ultra progress this year, but we should see enough to satisfy people who are not thinking emotionally and actually know what's going on. Obviously, what I'm looking for this year, I'm looking for Zach Wilson to shine in the second half of the season after he's got uh, six, seven, eight games under his belt and NFL game starts to slow down for him a little bit. I want to see that progress this season. I don't want it to be a complete waste of 16 games. I don't expect miracles. If he shocks me and he starts playing right off the bat and starts producing, hell, I'll take it. But my main goal, obviously, is I want uh, I want to make sure that the offensive lineman, that uh, Vera Tucker ends up being the real deal. And for an offensive lineman, it should be a fairly quick show that he belongs and he can be kind of a dominant force. And I want to see Zach Wilson developing. Obviously, we still have a second and potentially a third round pick. Guys who can be contributors and um, uh, kind of from day one, not not projects. But what I also love, and again, this is kind of a scarred, beaten down Jet fan talking. I love that the first round was used on surefire things. It wasn't a guy that's a project, but we believe we can get the most out of him. He didn't show his full potential. Fuck that. Give me Quentin the short Gobles. thing in position. Exactly. Uh, Copels, the Vernon Golston. Give me the guys that's a short thing. And again, obviously, with a quarterback, we won't know until a year, two, three years down the line. But with an abundance, abundance of quarterbacks available this year, you have to trust the Jets. They identified their guy. They did their due diligence. And uh, Zach Wilson is the guy. But what comes after that, the offensive line, just... It's all the right pieces. They took an offensive lineman that's getting rave reviews. I did, did I say I'm a fan? Did I say that I'm happy? You that I'm glowing? I'm, I'm just you I'm glowing. <laughs> I'm glowing. I feel like we won the first six games of the season already, and just need to go 500 the rest of the way to clinch a playoff spot. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> um, I, I the one thing I will not necessarily jump on board with, and doesn't I don't necessarily disagree with it, but I think I think you're underestimating that. I don't think it takes three years to know what the quarterback is. It might take three years for that quarterback to step into a role where he's now carrying the team and he's the guy. But I think you'll see signs of it in the first couple, the first year, certainly a little bit, certainly the second year, you will see whether or not he can, he can move forward. Just like we, 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 we did it with Donald at first and then he regressed and we knew he regressed. And then that third year, this year was, was pivotal. And then he got hurt, you know, and then he just wasn't playing well. And at that point, you know, it's done. So three years, you can probably close the books on whether you want to keep him or not. But I think you will see a lot more signs much earlier than three years. I mean, look at Justin Herbert. Look at Joe Burrow. All these guys that have come up the last few years. Kyler Murray. Look at, um, you know, any of those guys that have, have made their marks immediately. Now, none of them are dominant quarterbacks yet. None of them are at the level that we want our quarterback to be. The Aaron Rodgers, the Drew Brees, none of them are at that level yet. You got to give them a few years. But we, we will know long before three years whether or not this kid has what it takes. I, You're I'm absolutely right. I'm going to run it back. The excitement got a little – the excitement got somewhat the best of me, and I didn't express what I wanted to say. I well, – by the end of year three, we are going to know that we either have our guy or we missed yet again. Absolutely, Absolutely right. Yep. By the end of the second season, we should pretty much know if we got our guy. So, yeah, uh, if it's taking us three years to evaluate him, that means he is not performing. 
Yeah. I, I mean, I just, I, I, I had a thought and it flew out of my head, which is why the deep breath and then nothing, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, yeah. And okay, gone. I, I think you, we will know fairly quickly because you know, they're, they're actually giving the guy the help that everybody bitched for years. The Jets weren't giving quarterbacks and they bitched, you know, rightfully so. The Jets didn't give Donald any help. They didn't give Sanchez much help after that first couple of years. I mean, he came into it. He came into the league with help, but they, they didn't maintain the help. You know, they didn't give, you know, not that Geno Smith was supposed to be any great, great shakes, monster savior or anything, but they didn't give him any help. I mean, he had the worst freaking team in the league in 2014, you know, so mm-hmm. the Jets are already giving help. They've, they've built a better defense. They've built, you know, they've actually gone out there and got guys on, on the offensive line. They signed smart, young, good free agents. So we will certainly know fairly quickly if Zach Wilson um, at least get an idea if he has what it takes to be able to get to be able to develop into what we want him to be. I think that'll happen fairly quickly. Now, whether or not he can stay healthy, I mean, he is a little small um, as far as like his body size. I mean, he's not short. He's he's almost six three, so he's not he's not a short guy, but he's got a thin frame. You don't know if he can hold up to that. And then, of course, there's whether or not the coaching staff can develop him. But I've got a very good feeling about the coaching staff the Jets have. So I'm very That's optimistic. It. And, of course, that is that is the precursor to getting kicked in the nuts and being a Jet fan is the optimism. But I, here I am again, you know. And that's, I think that's what being a seasoned and informed fan is all about. We're not 16 years old. We're not just celebrating just the fact of drafting a quarterback, throwing him into a terrible situation and expecting him to be a savior. We understand being seasoned guys. It's not realistic. You have to give him a support system. You have to protect him. You have to give him weapons. There's there's so much involved from the coaching, from the culture in the locker room. Just You have to sometimes baby these guys. Not even baby them as like always pat them on the back, but baby them in the sense of you swaddle them, you protect them, you put them in the best possible position to succeed. You don't just throw them into the fire with no weapons, um, no support system, no no coaching, no plan, no vision, but just because you drafted a quarterback second, third, fourth overall, you expect him to save the franchise. You do expect him to save the franchise if you give him the tools. It comes down to getting the right tools. Um, the the only other question that I wanted to ask from you for tonight, and uh, I know it's way too early, but uh, the first prediction for 2021, do you anticipate, do you see Zach Wilson being a starter game one. Yes, no question about it. I think they drafted him for that sole reason. And, um, you know, you go back to um, guys that the Jets have drafted the last few years who were not supposed to start in the first game of the season, and they did. I think those guys came in and, you know, they, the Jets didn't have good enough, um, you know, uh, good enough v- veterans to actually start. Uh, they maybe not, you know, maybe not ready. Sanchez wasn't ready, probably shouldn't have started. He did. Geno Smith wasn't ready, probably shouldn't have started. He did. Um, and Darnold, certainly, you know, and they ended up going with him anyway for whatever unfathomable reason. I don't know. To this day, I still look back and wonder why Darnold started game one. I mean, he was young. They had Bridgewater. I know they ended up trading Bridgewater, but there wasn't necessarily a reason to start Darnold game one, year one. Uh, Zach Wilson, I think, is being drafted for that exact reason. I, I think the Jets believe that Zach Wilson is ready with, with you know, a little bit of coaching a little bit of nurturing but but that he is ready and that the progress he's made since his you know 
I, I don't know if this was this was his junior year, senior year, whatever. What he made since last year has has him ready and just in need of a little bit of guidance. So um, I think absolutely, barring any injuries, Zach Wilson is a day one starter. What about you? I see it the same way. I believe he was drafted to be the day one starter. Kind of here is the keys to the franchise kit. We're gonna do everything we can to help you and surround you with the right pieces. But this is your car. Go ahead, start driving. And I also believe the signing of Brian Hoyer was the not an admission that there's not going to be a quarterback competition, but he is literally a security blanket. He has an extensive career as a backup. He's very knowledgeable. He'll almost be like an assistant coach in uniform. He's more than capable of stepping in if the kid is, uh, either gets injured or is having a terrible game in one of those games where you kind of need to take him out and let him observe from the sideline. But there's not going to be a true competition. They got him a veteran who can show him the ropes, who can be a great sounding board and the, a teacher in the quarterback room. Uh, the work up to their season, um, he's going to be of great value of him during the preseason. All the things are pointing to the fact that they're surrounding him with talent to nurture him and help him not to quote-unquote, compete with him. So I do believe he's being set up to be a day-one starter, and that's exactly what's going to happen. It's funny, man. I, I This is why I appreciate you and love talking to you about this stuff, because you, you see things the way I do, and it's not because I want it validated, but it's because I enjoy talking to someone who's knowledgeable. You know, I... I when I was talking about him starting, it entered my head that if the Jets weren't going to give him a real competition and maybe sit him, they would have they would have signed a better guy than Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer is not the guy you bring in here to maybe lead you for the year while you develop your quarterback. He is exactly what you said. He's he's a veteran, and he has a worst case scenario that if Wilson is not ready for whatever reason or gets hurt, then at least you have a viable NFL veteran in there. He's never going to get them over the top, and I don't think they signed him for that expectation at all he is he is basically a stopgap that assures the guys on the team that at least they've got a veteran presence at the very at the very most it's not going to be anything more than that but at least they don't go down the drain with james morgan who was drafted in the fourth round and never even put on a freaking helmet so uh, I, I look at that the same way as you now as far as zach wilson goes did you read any of the stuff i text over to you i did and i was reading the espn reviews on him today um i mean <sighs> I don't want to allow myself to get overexcited, but so much positivity on him being pro-ready. That's the biggest takeaway. Now, and I don't want to say that I read every sentence, but I looked at it and all the nuances are fun. But the biggest takeaway is everybody seems to think that uh, his collegiate career and everything he's shown in the pre pre-draft workouts, he is a pro ready quarterback which is exciting the only thing um the only thing is now just it's adjusting to the speed of the game obviously he's going to have coverages that i can confuse him i don't care where you played and how long and how successful you were in college nfl defensive quarterbacks will uh, defensive coordinators will humble you the speed of the defensive players from a to z will humble you and it'll teach you lessons that uh, you can't just be the most athletic guy on the field in the game you can run away from a defensive end necessarily to extend the play so those things can they will humble you and they will teach you to be a quarterback but Everything that says they, they show that he can make the tough throw. Uh, he makes he has excellent touch against the zones. His vision. Um, the comparison to Justin Fields was, uh, and that was my favorite thing. They said Zach Wilson will anticipate where the receiver is going to be, and he'll throw to a spot 
while the small knock, the only knock on, on Justin Fields is he will wait for the receiver to show himself open. He's not going to quote-unquote trust the, uh, the receiver's route. He's going to wait for him to be open and then throw it to him at that point. Just a lot of positivity. It looks like we have a guy who's he, he has the it factor. We'll see if it can uh, if uh, the Jets can bring it out of him. That's where it comes out. This is my biggest worry, my biggest concern. The Jets have not given me confidence as a franchise that they can develop a young quarterback. Obviously, we have a lot of new places, a lot of new pieces in place going from the GM all the way down to the coaching. So that gives me hope, and I'm going to be positive. But all the signs point to us having an NFL caliber pro-style ready quarterback, and we just have to put him in a position to succeed and put him on the right path. The um, Kurt Warner video was the one that really, really got me. Like he started the first 30 seconds or so of, of the clip that they that they actually, it was a much longer podcast, but they, they kind of isolated the part where he talked about Wilson. And the first 30 seconds was just him saying a lot of what you just said and a lot of what other people say. But when he started breaking down plays, that's where it excited me a bit because, and I know we talked about this a little bit on our, on our last one is that, you know, like, like an NFL quarterback who's played the position will see things and know what that quarterback saw, even though the rest of us will be like, that just looks like an easy throw. The things that Kurt Warner was breaking down are very exciting stuff about, about the way Zach Wilson processes the game and anticipates throws and the touch he has. I mean, it, that's the one that really got me. And then, you know, the, one of the articles was also like kind of a, 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 a look back at his, at his year when he was hurt and everything. And I mean, he just, he's, his work ethic is great. I mean, it's, 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 it, it's, I'm much more excited about him now than I was a few weeks ago where, you know, even up until the last few days, I was torn. I don't know if I want him or fields, but I, you know, this, this kid, if the, as you said, if the Jets coaching staff can develop him, then I think we got ourselves a good one here. And you know, that time will tell, man, we'll just have to see. So, um, I don't think there's anything else on the Jets. Um, a little bit about the draft, though. I mean, we got a uh, Trey Lance goes number three. I, you know, there was talk about that, but I didn't really believe it. What are your thoughts on Trey Lance going third overall? I don't know enough about him, but as far as the pick itself, that shocked the fuck out of me. Did not see that one coming. I thought maybe Mac Jones will slide up and uh, uh, jump into the number three spot, but I did not believe that uh, that was going to be the third selection. And uh, the other thing, I, I also, I, you jumped the line. I was going to also tell you, I know it's a Jets podcast, but talking about the, the draft in general, it looks like the Jaguars are trying to really focus on uh, Clemson. They just drafted Clemson's running I back, know, Travis Etienne, to pair up with the with the QB. So it looks like they just they figured, you know what, those guys won in college. We're just going to bring them over. <laughs> Can't be any worse than what we've been so far. Just bring them all over. I know. Uh, I know. I mean, I don't know who's going to protect Lawrence, but hey, you know. So, well, Trey Lance was actually my favorite quarterback in the draft. Everything I read about him, but he he is oh, wow. a year or two away. Well, he I really like Trey Lance. I know we spoke about this a while back, months ago. This wasn't recent, but I really like Trey Lance, but he's not he's not a fit for the Jets. He has only played a few games. He didn't play at all this coming year. He's got all every single tool you could think of from the strong arm to the brains to the to the you know the speed to the elusivity to the elus- you know, the elusiveness, all of that stuff. But he needs a year behind somebody. So he wasn't a fit for the Jets. And you know, my my 
original thing was I would love it if the Jets had signed a good vet and traded back from the two to get Trey Lance somewhere in the in the lower part of the top ten. You know, that was that was my vision. But as soon as the, the hype train on him got big, I knew he would never make it there. And then the Jets traded Darnold and didn't really sign a vet. So I knew it wasn't going to happen for them. But that's the guy I really like. So we'll see three years from now if it, if it actually works out that way. I'm just surprised that Trey Lance like jumped ahead of, of Justin Fields and, and even Mac Jones. I mean, Trey Lance, you know, you know at, at what point, and this is an interesting question. I know you in particular, more so than me, have recognize the direction that the NFL is going with quarterbacks and that they they're going for guys who can move and, and they're getting away from pocket passers. But when did the NFL actually get to the point where they draft that high strictly on potential? I mean, is that, is this one of the first ones? Has this been a trend I just haven't picked up on? Maybe it's not just quarterbacks, it's other guys as well, but to draft a guy third overall and give up that much to get to that third overall spot for a guy who hasn't really played is going to take development and has potential when there are other more polished guys ready to go. Just, it just surprises me. So to me, it's one of two things. Uh, and I'm very curious to see which way it's going to go. Number one, they, their professional eye see something that you and me don't. And they truly believe that the guy doesn't need nearly as much work and development as you and me seem to believe. Uh, and they think that maybe just a single year of proper tutelage and he'll be ready to be the franchise quarterback. So that uh, that's the other thing. Uh, uh, that's the first thing. The other thing is uh, one of the phrases that I, I never forgot and I heard it when I was younger being a sports fan is drafting, drafting potential is what gets general managers and coaches fired. So let's see if this this ends up being one of those picks that they they fell in love with the potential, with the vision of what they can turn him into, and it ends up being that potential is all he has, and he never really develops into all that potential. Because one thing I and again I I believe you and me agree on is uh, a quarterback is such a fragile position that if it, <sighs> I don't know how to put it the right way, but everybody's gonna have some struggles in their early development. But there can be that fine line, and I think, I guess Sam Donald is a perfect example. When, when there is no light, when there's just negativity and struggle and mistakes and errors, you can mentally crumble, and you can reach that point where there is no recovery. So we're gonna see if uh, are the 49ers correct and they're seeing something that the rest of us are not, or the 49ers just uh, kind of uh, thought that they were the smartest guy in the room and and end up uh, outsmarting themselves. And the GM and coach will likely be out of a job in two years. Yeah, I, I, I just I don't understand that though. You know what I mean? Because I, I understand what you're saying. It's, it's, I don't understand the whole Trey Lance at three thing because I think if the 49ers wanted him, they might have been able to to get him or trade up to a different spot to get him. Because you look at you look at you know the Atlanta. I don't think Atlanta was taking a quarterback no matter what. You know, uh, the Bengals weren't taking a quarterback. The Dolphins weren't taking a quarterback. The Panthers, you know, you, you never knew if they were taking a quarterback, but you might have been able to trade up to seven to get him there to give up all those picks for a guy who, you know, is a project. Now, everybody considers him a project. He, he's not a day one starter and the 49ers have a quarterback. So he's a good fit there. But I just don't see why they had to get they had to trade up to three to get him. And why if you're going to give up all those picks, you wouldn't go for, you know, like like to me, Justin Fields is a more polished and, and more advanced version of Trey Lance. I mean, he's everything Trey Lance will be someday. Now, that doesn't mean 
they, you know, Trey Lance won't be better in the pros and maybe Justin Fields is a, is a, it was a bust, but it just seems to me that if you're looking for a mobile quarterback with a gun for an arm who has all the smarts, you would go for the guy who has shown he he has advanced past a certain point rather than you know the the you know, the younger brother version of him, so to speak. So it's just it's it's just weird. It just it's just completely weird. Uh, that's is why I'm not an NFL personnel guy. But that that just you know I'm not saying they're wrong for going after Lance. I'm just kind of surprised that they gave up all of that to get to number three to get him when there's a whole glut of teams after that that were probably not and almost definitely not taking quarterbacks and they could have given up less and traded up in the draft or something. You know who knows? But whatever. They, re- they released a video of the 49ers draft room and everything if you if you're gonna go just based on that video you're gonna say you're gonna see i think what i saw and which is the 49ers fell in love with the kid and they were playing poker and they were desperately trying not to show their hand until the last possible second because when shanahan and lynch were on the phone uh with the kid and he was telling them how surprised he was and shanahan goes to him you had no inclination at all uh we were kind of trying to give you a little bit of a hint and uh, the kid just goes, no, I had no idea. And Shanahan goes, yeah, nobody did. And we were trying to keep it that way. Which So there, there was something that they fell in love with the kid. And it's not just a – I don't think they view him as a project. I mean, like you said, you don't trade up to number three. You don't give up <clears throat> so much to draft a project. There's something they see in him. There's something Shanahan believes the, that he's the guy. And uh, they couldn't afford to miss him. Uh, just like the Bears kind of jumped on fields, the, they felt lucky that uh, it was a deep quarterback class and that they identified a guy and they ended up trading up uh, and uh, taking a stab at, uh, at fields. And now they're going to build around him after missing badly on Trubisky, who fell off the map. But yeah, when you see that video, it's like the 49ers, they don't view him as a project, as a developmental type. They might see that, yes, he needs a season of nurturing, but everything based on the trade itself and the the video that they released, they loved the kid. They see him as the franchise, as a long-term solution, as there's no doubt in their mind that they got their guy for the long haul. Uh, Yeah, I'm glad you clarified the the year of nurturing versus the developmental thing, because, you know, I, I, I certainly didn't mean he needs development. Like some guys have to sit for three years and he's a project and he's going to be on the practice squad. No, not that at all. He, he's just not a day one starter at all. He's, he's definitely not a day one starter unless it's an emergency situation. And then he's probably going to be set back. So, I, I'm glad you clarify that because he needs a year. They have Garoppolo for a year, and then it's Trey Lance's job in 2022, but he was not going to be a guy starting for anybody in 2021. So before we, I talk about a couple of other guys and the draft in general, I want to I want I want to laugh, I guess laugh at some of these freaking NFL teams in the draft room who start jumping up and down and hugging each other when they make their pick. Now, I understand if you're picking eighth and the guy you expected not to fall to you comes there, but when you're picking number one, you knew you were going to pick all this time, or you're picking number three and you knew you were definitely getting your guy, or you're picking four, whatever. If you're in that area and you knew you were getting your guy no matter what, why is there joy like you're hugging and kissing and freaking making out in the goddamn draft room like, like, like you didn't expect it all along i mean i know there's the relief of, of, of it actually being there but some of these reactions were like holy shit i can't believe it and i just i just don't understand these it, fucking guys i just don't get it. it shouldn't annoy me as much as it does and it annoys <laughs> the crap out of me because it's all bullshit for cameras for for the nfl films exactly. that that's all it is NFL, that's man. all it yeah. is 
All right. The other surprise to me, or at least one of the other surprises, was the Bengals passing on Sewell and taking Chase. Now I know that's a he's he's a monster receiver. I know he played with Burrow, but you know, you won't have Burrow if you don't protect them. I mean, you're going to have Chase running around there, you know, looking back and looking at the at the stretcher, taking Burrow off the field if you don't have a line to protect them. And then, you know, that, that I think everybody had Sewell going to the Bengals there. So I was a little surprised about that pick. How about yourself? Don't know too much about it, but uh, all I know is that the Bengals have that young coach. Was his, uh, What's his name? Zach something. Uh, I forget. Yeah. But he, Zach Taylor, maybe. But uh, a young coach who is all about, um, he's that new school offensive genius type. And I think they viewed it was more important to give weapons to borrow, especially with A.J. Green no longer being that viable true number one wide receiver. So I think that uh, they identified, and again, it was kind of uh, which way are you going to go? Are you going to give him the protection that he needs, or are you going to give him a weapon? <sighs> Maybe if you ask a Bengals fan, both options were one and one A, which means like you couldn't really lose with one. And they just decided if you're going to put up points, if if he can uh, put him in a shotgun, or if he can scheme where the ball gets out of his hands quickly enough. It's more important to give him that true weapon, that explosiveness versus an offensive lineman. That's just yeah, kind of playing make, a little bit of a devil's advocate. Yeah, and there's an argument to be made either way because it's a deep lineman class and it's a deep receiver class. So you could always say, okay, we're going to take the top wide receiver talent now and we'll pick up some linemen later or we'll take the top offensive lineman you know, top, uh, a top offensive lineman. And then, you know, we'll pick up receivers later. So, I mean, I guess they went, it's six of one half dozen or other. And this is the, this is the way they went, but I, I was just surprised. I think, I think I certainly had them picking stool there. And then the dolphins taking Jalen Waddle. Um, that kind of surprised me a little bit, but I guess not completely. I mean, Jalen Waddle is, is drawing comparisons to Tyree kill. So, I mean, that's, that's not, that's com- not completely horrible at all. He had the, uh, the Bears trading up for Fields, the Eagles trading up for Smith, and then I guess the next big surprise is that Mac Jones made it all the way down to the Patriots. So now you got the AF, the NFC, it's the AFC East. Excuse me, AFC East is going to have you know four young quarterbacks in their first or second, you know, third year. I guess it's fourth year for uh, for Josh Allen, but he's he's the veteran of the crew now, and you got four young, supposedly like gunslinging quarterbacks, and and and. You know, you can look at the next ten to fifteen years of of all four teams having pretty good, you know, good quarterbacks and good teams. I mean, it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility. It's just the Jets' luck. That's going to be an exciting division to watch to see how the quarterbacks play out. But yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Figures that the when the Jets finally draft their quarterback of the future, the division is stacked with young quarterbacks. <laughs> One in Buffalo is already proving himself to be a winner in the dominant force, and uh, the Dolphins and the Patriots uh, now have a young guy, and let's see how th- that works out for them. We shall see. And uh, two running backs went back-to-back to the Steelers, took uh, Najee Harris, and then uh, the Jaguars took uh, Etienne. So uh, I'm trying to see if there's anything else. There's, uh, let's see, we just we got the... We're up to the Packers. So there's three more picks to be made, and then we'll uh, look forward to the Jets with their second-round pick tomorrow night. All right, man, I got nothing else. How about you? Nothing more on my end. Excited how the first round played out, and uh, let's see what the Jets do in a second. All right, we will uh, we'll, uh, touch base again on Monday and review the rest of the draft. Uh, have a great weekend, my friend. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Take care.